MSW Media. ¿Qué tal, mi gente? Soy Pili Montilla y estás escuchando What Are You Drinking with Dan Dunn. yourself a glass, sit for a spill, it's time to have some fun, let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking, but this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome to the show. And I just want you to listen for a second. You hear that? You hear that? Noises? You, hear, you know why you hear noises? Because it's the first time in 13 months that we are back out in the wild. Yes, yes. We're back. We're out. We're doing the show on location for the first time in 13 months. We are at Nueva in Venice, California, one of my favorite spots. This place got me through the pandemic. I've been hanging out here. It is a mezcal-themed bar, and in a little bit, we're going to have Adam Fournier, who put together the, bro- uh, the bar program here, come on the show and talk to us. Adam just won a major, major cocktail competition representing the United States. And those of you who regularly listen to the show... I did a, uh, I did, I told one of Adam's stories recently on the show where he uh, had a Simpsons. He was working in a bar in Santa Monica, hanging out. A guy used to hang out at the bar all the time, and he would doodle uh, Homer Simpson things. And it turns out the guy was one of the original animators for the Simpsons. I told that story on here. I don't know what episode it in. I don't have people doing research for me. You're going to have to go back and figure it out on your own. All right. <laughs> and that's Adam. He'll be on soon. But the guy you hear laughing is joining me. And, you know, again, if you listen regularly, we, I do the beginning, and then we have the guest. I threw that out the window because I'm so goddamn excited to be outside again that I said I'm bringing my guest in right away, right from the beginning. He's here. You know him. You love him. He's been on the show before. You probably don't know him from that because you you know, but you probably know him from Booze Traveler, the great show Booze Traveler. Job I should have had. Not <laughs> jealous at all, but uh, the great. My man, the pride of South Boston, Jack Maxwell. Hey, man. Big Dan Dunn, what's happening, brother? It's nice to be here. Really nice to see you. It's great to see you, and can you believe it? Can you believe we're doing this in person? That's good. It's such a relief to see, to sit across, to give you a hug, to say, hey, man, how are you? And we've all been vaccinated. Everybody here involved in this production has been vaccinated, and they just loosened up the guidelines, so we're allowed to do this. And i got to cheers with you, man. We have some great cocktails that Adam made for us. What do I have? An Aperol pineapple margarita, and you've got a clarified Paloma. That's it, brother. Cheers. Adam will tell us how he made these drinks and if you can't tell, we're, it's an agave-themed show today. Mm. Oh, it is good. And we got two great tequilas that we're going to be drinking on the show. This, we've got an Altos, an Omeco, Altos Plata. Uh, it's a, a great thing. We're going to talk a little bit about that tequila we made with this. Omeco, can I say it again? I'm, I'm losing my ability to spell. That's how excited I am, Jack. <laughs> Omeco, Altos Plata. 
is the most traditional expression of altos. You know this. I don't got to tell you. You've been down. You did booze traveler down in Mexico, right? I did. And uh, I've, I was surprised by many, many things. Just like anywhere you go. I think the great thing about travel, not to get too off track early on here, but uh, you could go to the same place 15 times, same city, same town, same little village, and have a different experience every time. So that's the thing. If I go to Mexico and I say I did this, this, and this, oh, how did you not do that? How did you drink this? And this one was which we won't get too much into, but it's a mes- it was a mezcal kind of thing. Went to Oaxaca, where okay. 80 to 90% of the mezcal is, and I really liked it. But I go back and forth. I, I, I love both of them, mezcal and tequila. We're going we're gonna to be drinking this. And, again, this Altos was founded by Henry Bissant and Dre Masso. Uh, they already made their names in the bartending industry. They won cocktail competitions. Speaking of cocktail winners, you know, Adam won a big one. We, they've won a bunch, and then they started this brand – uh, they at the Los Altos in Jalisco, Mexico, which is the heart of tequila country. We know this, and um, they met Jesus Hernandez, uh, Maestro Tequilero. Say the word, Jack. Say it. Maestro Tequilero. I don't think I said it right, Dan. Sorry. I mean, we, we're screwing. It's two guys, a Philly you're, guy and a Boston guy. You ever do that, by the hey, way? What the they had me. Up di- with you? They had me dig up the pinas for. Oh yeah. The, the, oh yeah. Oh, that's hard work. Oh man. To chop the hemidors too, and then you yeah, get in there and you. And you, you chop up the agave. It's great. We can talk about that, too. Ain't and then easy. a little bit later in the show, we're going to be drinking Avion Reserva 44. This is a multi-award winning tequila. We know Avion. Uh, it's, uh, sure. Yeah. It, it, you, we remember it from, from Entourage back in the day. So this one is a very special extra Añejo tequila. I don't want to brag, but this is $170 a bottle, so I busted out the good stuff for you. I'm going to say I got the I got the right episode. I got lucky here, yeah. right? I mean, nice to meet you, nice friends. You got everybody here, all your fans. Yeah. Everyone loves you. You got a uh, world-class award-winning bartender. Who doesn't love me? Crickets. Don't answer that. Don't, no, people are, like, scowling at Crickets. me. Crickets. Um, so, all right, Jack. Yes. You're sir. here in Los Angeles. I am. You're back. You're, 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 you've been... Parts unknown. You've been wandering the globe up until the last year, of course, with COVID. You've been down in Arizona. I can say that, right? Yeah, you can Might say whatever you want. give out your address or anything, but he lives in Arizona. But you lived in L.A. for a long time. You came out here when? 25 years. Uh, I was uh, I moved to L.A. in 96. And uh, for, the, for 25 years from then on, I was... I came out here because I wanted to be an actor. Does that sound familiar? Do you know anyone else? You're the, that, you're the guy? <laughs> I'm the one guy who That's moved to you. L.A. to try right, to become yeah, an actor. Yeah. And then, of course, I fell into hosting stuff. And they were uh, stupid enough to give me these hosting shows to do. And by that, I mean it's crazy. I never thought I could do that or would want to do that or would be decent at it. But when someone says to you, almost on a fluke, go around the world have some of the best and maybe some of the worst drinks in the world, meet fascinating people, go to these wonderful places, learn about these really interesting cultures, and it's your show. How do you say no to that? I never fashioned myself a host, but unlike you, who wrote for years, you were friends and associates with the great Hunter S. Thompson, you wrote for Playboy, you've had books and... Go on. No, honestly. Honestly. Go on. you, I know you were joking, but you deserve a show like that much more than I do. Same with Zane Wait, Lamprey I, I wasn't, I wasn't and joking, other man. people. What's I wasn't it? joking. We talked about this last time you were on. When you got that show, there was real jealousy. I went, 
Because, and I, again, I don't want to repeat everything we talked about last time you were on, but I was like, who the fuck's this guy? Sure. And, and Zane, Zane was the same way. Both of us were Absolutely. like. Absolutely. And you know, all his fans. Yeah, we're like, hey, <laughs> wait a minute. What's going Zane and I were plotting. We, we're we're, we're going to come for you, man. I was also saying, who is this guy to myself? Because <laughs> it was a fluke. I don't have the expertise. But you, you, you killed do, it. Zane? You killed it on the show. And, and again, we talked about this on the last one. Go back. Jack's been on there. I do want to focus a little bit on on tequila and your you you touched on your experiences down there where you're you're taking out this agave that comes out of the ground this thing's giant right sure people need to understand how big a full-grown agave is i mean what would you equate it to boy that's a good one uh like a big cauldron of soup (laughs) like a witch's cauldron it's it's big right and and, you know and of course tequila has to be made from blue agave Mm -hmm. down mexico they pull these things out of the ground, and they got spikes coming out. It looks like Such a giant pineapple with big spikes. Yeah, it does. And these guys are called hemidors, and they have a uh, what's the name of that instrument? Adam will know when he comes on. Um, and they take this thing, and it's very sharp. Looks like a spade, but yeah, it's and they, not and, that. Yeah, and, it, and they and they put their foot on this agave, and these guys work, man. They these work guys hard. knock these things out and so, so quickly, hard. and it's hot and whatever. So now they get that once they've taken all the stuff, removed it from around the pina. Agave, they then, and here goes my motorcycle. I love it. Too. I'm so excited that we're outside now. Uh, so then they take it and they chop, they quarter that stuff up and then they cook it and then they, pre- and then they press it and then they get that, they extract all the juice out of there and then they, oh boy, then they distill it with this fermentation and this distillation and then you got tequila. And like I said, the first stuff. one we got here is this, uh, why am I screwing? I, why can't I say altos? I'm, I'm having a hard time saying it. Let me see the bottle here. Let me see this there bottle. Let me, let me if I just put it in front of me. There we go. There you go. You're trying to do it by Almeca Altos 100% Agave Plata Tequila. It said. Perfect. There. I got it down. And again, I told you where it was founded. I told you that they got, they got the Maestro Tequilera. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Jesus Hernandez. <laughs> I can say like Jesus Hernandez is his name. I got that right. I know that. Okay? So he's making this stuff the right way. These guys made it because they were bartenders. So they wanted to make a tequila that worked for bartenders. Sure. And I want to ask you, because I like this bottle, right? I like yeah, the yeah. look of this bottle. Oh, it's great, yeah. With the dimpled glass what like if, that. This bottle looks good behind the bar, but isn't it crazy how many times people make bottles that just don't, are very unwieldy and stuff and bartenders can't use them? Like th- this one looks like it was designed for them to be able to use it and pour it. But I, you've probably seen some... And you got the grips on there with the, the, the beveled glass. Yeah, like they got that, the, the beveled dimples. glass. It, yeah, it works. I've seen some crazy stuff. Because they make it for the eye, not for not for bartenders, right? Oh, look at this! Look at this! Oh, what do we food. got? We got, we got food coming out. Oh, oh my thank you. You could put that. Right Nueva, there. yeah, I'll do, yeah. I'll just take the whole thing. Thank, thank you, you, Nueva. Man. Whoa! All right. What do we All got right. there? Look at that. No, I would meant picture. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> He's taking a picture right now, folks, with look the food. This. Jack, here, you eat. What a You're beautiful present! I'm not that hungry, but I'll, I'll try it. What do we got here? Oh, that's nice. Tacos. Look at that. Tacos. Nueva. So this spot, Jack, used to be called Sunny Spot. And then it's been here for a long And now it's called Nueva. They went with this agave theme. It's got a cool agave look to it. Obviously, we got some tacos. There looks like a a, a fish, sort of a fish thing. What's that? Carrots over there? Looks like two carrots. You have some. That's a pork thing. Here, let me eat on the show. You know what people love? You know what people love when they're listening to a podcast? People eating. The sound of chewing. <laughs> All right, Jack, you talk a little bit about your career. I'm well, 
Yeah, you know, you you touched on something, why I'm not in L.A., and I don't want to shy away from that because a lot of people talk about it, and I think it can be inspiring when you share things you go through. <laughs> what? Oh, That's what? a wonderful accompaniment <laughs> to a very sad imp- uh, it again? story about cancer. No, I was, I was diagnosed with cancer in uh, April of 2016. I had to go into chemo. When I was in there, Travel Channel decided they were going in a different direction. Not just with me, so I don't take it personal. But they yeah. were going more toward the paranormal. But, that, you know, they really did me a favor in a way because I was able to focus just on my health and getting over this, this cancer that I was diagnosed with. So I moved to Phoenix and under, started chemo in uh, November of 2017 and uh, had to do four months. And they said, you know, at the end of that four months, it's not really responding the way we'd like. It's about twice as big as it should be. But we can't give you this chemo anymore because, well, that wouldn't be good for you. So we'll give you this chemo. We're going to call it maintenance chemo. Half as long, half as strong, but you got to do it for a year and a half. Well, you don't have to, but if you don't, it wouldn't be good for you. So, wow, i got another to stay there for another year. Actually, they scheduled for two years. I only had to do a year and a half, though. Not because I, I beat it, because I developed osteomyelitis. My bone was dying. So even my cancer doctor said, go deal with that. That's, you have to, that's pretty urgent to come back and see us when you're done. And so I had to drive myself to the hospital every day. They stuck a pick line into my arm, up my arm, across my shoulder, down my chest, and into my heart. And then filled me every day with these antibiotics. Uh, every single day you have to do it. I did that every day for a month. Went back to my cancer doctor. He said... Maybe we'll take a break with this whole thing because you just got through a month full of daily infusions. Then a year and a half of maintenance chemo. Then four months of chemo. Give it a little break here, by the way. And by the way, I've seen that show of yours. You know, you're zipping around the world. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're drinking all these drinks. I got to ask you, do you know a good bar in Iceland? <laughs> do you know a good bar in Iceland? <laughs> I said, yeah, it just so happens. Reykjavik, Boston Bar, Bjork goes there. But the idea was I thought he was going to say something you shouldn't be drinking those crazy drinks and all of that but even he liked the show but the idea is when i revealed that i had cancer and i was in chemo i got these wonderful emails and notes and messages of people in the street saying when someone that we know and we associate with or maybe we like what they do admit something like that it's really uh it's not only heartwarming but it's inspiring and helps us get through our things even if it's not the same so it was a real gift, even though I had to go through that, to be able to see it from a different perspective and to see all the people out there who found some kind of inspiration in my journey. And that, believe it or not, you guys who, who contacted me and said that it helped you, helped me get through it. So thank you for that. Did I vamp long enough for you to have I wish you guys tackle? could see this, by the way. Jack's sharing this really heartfelt story about his battle with cancer. And I'm fucking eating a taco, taco right in his face. And he's not even listening. What was that? I'm like, what, did you die and came back? What man, was that? I'm like gesturing for the salsa. Well, I'm like, what's that? What's cancer? What'd you say? <laughs> hell of a taco, though. Oh, that's the important thing. That's the important message from this story. <laughs> that is a good and By taco. the way, I haven't even had that much tequila yet. I get a little more in me. I get really assholeish. Okay, I'm just saying. No, not um, at, not at all. This is fun. It's this really is great. Good to be. Anyway, so we will get that out of the way because people say when you don't talk about it, is it because you're denying the existence of that? So we get that. But I still had such a great life before and after, and I'm so grateful to have gone through it, and I'm fine now. 
Hey friends, wish you had a local butcher shop you could trust for delicious dry-aged steaks and more? Now you do. Meet Porter Road. Porter Road is an online butcher shop that delivers high-quality meat directly to you, fresh, never frozen. They work with trusted local farmers to ensure animals are raised the right way. Humanely on pasture, no added hormones or antibiotics. From there, Porter Road dry ages all of their beef and hand cuts each steak and chop using old world butchery techniques to produce cuts you won't find at the grocery store. Right now, Porter Road is offering our listeners $20 off your first order of $100 or more. If you go to porterroad.com slash drinking. Again, that's P-O-R-T-E-R-O-A-D dot com slash drinking for $20 off your first order of $100 or more. Let's eat some meat. How many times did you go to Mexico when you were doing? One time only. Just once. Yeah. I didn't really do it that long. It was only four years, and we didn't repeat any episodes, unlike people who've done it a lot longer than me, you know. Yeah. Uh, We only hit every place once, but I got to go to 50 to 60 countries. You know, we did some domestic episodes as well. And uh, it was just, it was so great. Such an honor to be able to do that. And every time I came back, Dan, people said, tell me stories. I thought I'd be talking about seeing, for instance, the pyramids, the London, London Dungeon, the Champs-Élysées, the Gobi. I always talked about the people I met because they really left an impact on me, more so than the mountains and museums and monuments of the world. People. And I said, this was, what a lesson for me because no matter where you go, don't worry about what you see, but who you're with. You'll have a better time. And that's, you will be great, more greatly enhanced on your trip if you do that. Have a taco. Come on. You'll feel better. I, uh, sure. No, 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 when, you, when you and Adam can talk, I'll, Adam, I'll have Adam's taco. coming on now. Let me, uh, we're going to bring you on Adam Fournier, who is one of the best bartenders in America. I've, I've if got not, a bottle if not with my name on it to prove it. Let me, hear you, let me get a little sound check on you there, buddy. Go ahead. Talk yeah. for a second. Uh, hey, yeah. Uh, okay, there you go. There we go. So, Adam, Jack, Adam. Hey, man. How's it going, Jack? Nice to meet Adam you. Adam nice did to the program well. here, and uh, let's talk a little bit first about the whole concept. Agave's base spirits are what are the mainstay here at the at Nueva. Absolutely. Why? What went into that decision? Uh, the We wanted to pay homage to the tradition and, uh, honestly, the breadth of uh, uh, spirits that there are in the agave world. Uh, when most people think about agave, they absolutely, tequila is the first thing that springs to mind. Mezcal is starting to become a much bigger category as well, but here we decided to focus not just on those two, but also on the lesser known uh, styles, such as Bacanora, Ricea, Sotols. Uh, when you're talking about agave, you're dealing with, depending on what scientific classification you go with, anywhere from 80 to 160 different plants that all have a different type of micro terroir, different type of growing that you can make different spirits from. So uh, we really wanted to make sure that uh, that breadth of uh, variety was really being represented. And we really wanted to work with uh, brands that are really giving back to their community or are in some way highlighting the people who are actually making it. You'll notice that there's a lot of uh, smaller producers. We're actually getting a lot of things that we are almost essentially direct importing, not specifically for us, but I'm very, very small uh, importers that uh, we have a brand behind the bar right now that literally I asked the, the guy who we buy it from, I was like, well, okay, so when we order it, we'll always just be you dropping it off. And it's like, yeah, if it's not me, it's my mom. So that's, <laughs> so that's the kind of, kind of yeah. quality we're going for here. Now uh, you, the drinks that you made us here, mm-hmm. 
Tell me, what am I having again? I gotta... You are having a pineapple-infused Aperol Margarita, and Jack, you're having our Clarified Paloma. So both of these Good are uh, variations of our house cocktails. So for the pineapple-infused Aperol, we're taking Aperol and taking fresh pineapple chunks, uh, blending that all up, and then uh, clarifying it. So you're getting all of that beautiful pineapple flavor uh, with a little bit of that bitter backbone from the Aperol. And using that in place of a traditional triple sec in a margarita gives you this kind of fruity but slightly bitter uh, flavor profile that perfectly blends with a 100% agave tequila. Um, and then for the uh, clarified Paloma, what we do is we take uh, grapefruit juice, uh, leftover grapefruit juice generally. Uh, one of the biggest uh, things to par out uh, one of the most difficult things to par out for a bar, in my experience, is fresh grapefruit juice. You always want fresh juices around. You always want to use it. Uh, but grapefruit juice, especially in a agave bar, is something where you might go through two quarts of it a night or you might not use any of it for a week. And sustainability uh, is a huge thing for myself. Uh, and it's also a huge thing for the agave uh, market in general these days. Uh, the explosion of agave products is making the growing of agaves that take a minimum of six to eight years harder and harder to keep up with. So just like we want to make sure that the brands aren't back bar trying to give back and support along those ways, we want to do our small part here. So we take our leftover grapefruit juice or juice from our spent grapefruits, and then we clarify it with a centrifuge. What that does is it allows us to make it more... How do you do it? Explain yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually running in the background right now. I don't know if it's picking up right there. So uh, there uh, is a wonderful product uh, created by Dave Arnold called the Spinzol, which is essentially a tabletop culinary centrifuge designed for uh, restaurants and bars. Essentially what we do is uh, put a little pectin in it to break out the hard particles and you run through, if you guys ever been to the county fair and you've been on like the Gravitron where like you're spun around yeah, really, oh, yeah, really fast, yeah. yeah, it's essentially that but for heavy particles. So you feed all this liquid into there uh, and all the heavy particles, like when you let a quart of grapefruit juice just settle, you always see that sediment on the bottom, all that's being pushed to the sides and being stuck there, and then all the liquid's being spun off of it like the kid whose parents weren't paying attention to him, and then we're collecting that <laughs> off the and, side. Mine and Jack. Yeah, mine same. Well, you know, sure, yeah. you're not from Pennsylvania, we know how yeah. that goes. Um, and then uh, we uh, uh, boost it up to lime strength, so it's, it works on its own as an acid, and then we use that to make this uh, beautiful Paloma. One of the beautiful side effects about clarifying something as well is it allows for more carbonation because you have less of that sediment getting in the way. So when we're using a really good high-quality soda water here, you're really getting a lot of that effervescence and that brightness. And it's the same kind of uh, process with the uh, pineapple Aperol through the centrifuge. And part of the reason we're doing that is uh, we're also, again, making sustainable, we're taking all the pieces of the pineapple that we weren't going to be using, uh, the skins, the core, and stuff like that, and then we make a house tapache out of that, and that goes into another one of the cocktails. And then even the pineapple fronds get used as garnish. So we're really trying so you're to... you're not wasting anything. We're trying to waste as little as we can, just like when you make a good tequila or a good mezcal, uh, they're trying to use every single part of that. You talk with a lot of these brands, like they are recycling the leaves, they're taking the agave fibers and making their labels out of it. So that philosophy and that sustainability element uh, is really something we try to carry over into the cocktails as well. Can someone, could someone clarify at home? You absolutely can. There are ways to clarify at home that will uh, get you close. Uh, the reason for using a centrifuge is more about the fact that there's ultimately less waste to it. But if you want to clarify at home, you can follow the exact same process using the same kind of treatments. 
uh, and run it through a really fine filter. Or you can even, uh, uh, there's uh, uh, recipes for agar filtering, which is essentially like a gelatin that will pull out a lot of stuff. Also, if you really want to, like I said, if you let your pineapple juice or your grapefruit juice sit for a while, you'll see that sediment come out. If you pour really carefully, you can get that get nice, beautiful part off of that. Uh, it's all just about how close you're trying to get to it. Um, well, I mean, hopefully, what, Adam, hopefully at home you're drinking your stuff fast enough that you're keeping it fresh. Thank you for clarifying that for me. <laughs> see what I did there, Jackson? Uh, this, this is why he's the writer. Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> oh, in post, we'll be adding the uh, hi hat there. Oh, um, okay. So, be- before we let you go, Adam, because yeah. the bar is literally opening like now, <laughs> but I just want to—we'll touch for you. Just won a very big bartending competition. Right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, won the American League of uh, uh, World Class, which is the largest uh, bartender competition in the world. Uh, I am the American Bartender of the Year for 2021. It's it's. Kind of crazy. Salud. It's a competition I've been uh, working on. I've been a part of for five years. I actually entered for the first time back uh, when I was running Ariel, uh, back in you, when you and I first met. And uh, this year, uh, due to COVID and the pandemic, uh, they uh, create a wholly digital platform to host and judge the competition, uh, which is absolutely amazing. It's still up online. Which so, how do they great. try your cocktails? Like, it's yeah. actually it's really really cool. So, uh, we uh, depending on the challenge, it was a different way to go through it. But essentially, what we ended up doing is creating the home cookbook version of the recipe. Literally, almost marionetting people saying like, "You are now going to pick this up and shake this. You're going to double strain it like this. You're going to put it in this kind of glass." And the judges, these world class world-renowned bartenders you know, Julie Reiner, Charles Jolie, Katie like, Renshaw, like James Chris Beard Carton. winners. James yeah. Beard winners. Like, these are our judges. These are the people who are making these cocktails to your specifications. So, uh, in a way, it almost takes a little bit of that stress off of it because I know that if the cocktail's coming out wrong, it's not the bartender's fault. It's my fault on this one. So uh, that takes that stuff. We, so you would submit these recipes. We filmed uh, uh, video sections for each one of our challenges of us explaining it and actually making the drinks so they can watch our technique, so they can see that we're making it clean, doing everything right. And then for the final challenge, uh, every year there is my favorite one. They have the lightning round or the speed round. We had five minutes to make five cocktails. And what we had for that is we had this whole digital platform where the five judges were live with us, watching us do it, and it's a hands-up thing. So they timed us, watched us. Great, that's it. That's done. And there you go. That's how it works. So it was, it's it's the future. We're living in the future. It's pretty amazing. But then I, as I'm hearing you say that, I, all I can think about is like, God damn, I can't wait till this shit's over. So just <laughs> get back to like no being doubt. there in person. Because yeah, I've judged cocktail, you know, I'm a judge at San Francisco, yeah. but I've judged cocktail competitions as well. Have you ever judged any cocktail competitions? Have not. No, it's, no. So yeah, you, you know, Guy, people can look good, you know, yeah. men and women that make drinks. They can look good and they're making the drink. You're like, wow, man, look at that. Smooth, very smooth. <laughs> and then they give you the cocktail and you're like, what the hell's something I went mean, wrong? Because as we know, yeah, all it takes is one component of a drink to be, I mean, you're talking about Aperol or something like that where if it's off just a little bit, mm-hmm. I mean, even a simple cocktail like, yeah. a, like a Negroni, yeah. you know, if one things out of proportion the whole drinks yeah, that's shit that's why I, I think that they did a phenomenal job transitioning us into a digital space of really uh, uh, leaning into the, part of the reason I love this competition as well is it's not just a make a drink and tell a story competition it's really testing all aspects 
of your skills as a hospitality uh, professional, how, how you can tell a story, what your technique is, what your pour costs are, how do you design a menu, how do you think like a, a beverage director versus just a bartender, uh, and uh, that and how do you think like an educator, how do you teach someone else to make your drink in a beautiful way? Can I ask a question about sure. that? Because yeah. I'm so curious, and I'm sorry, I know it's your no, show, but this is such a question for me. So the one time in the history of mankind, maybe at least in our lives, <laughs> that you will have to do this digitally, you win the contest. Mm-hmm. Are you more proud of that? Or are you thinking like a strike shortened season, I won the oh, World no. Series, but nobody's going to give me credit? No, no. I, I think it's fantastic. I, I, the, the competition changes every single year, and it's evolved every single year. And this is just the latest iteration, and it will change and evolve next year. But there's some really wonderful things that have come out of it. One of the things I loved about this is normally speaking about judging cocktail competitions and taking part in a lot of them, you do months of work a lot of times to essentially present to two people or three people, the judges, uh, and that's it. And you, you do well and you get feedback, but you don't get to necessarily show that work or, or feature that work. This year with it being a digital uh, space and being broadcast live, essentially, uh, there were over 2,000 people signed up for this platform and it's still living on the right now so every single bartender who competed in this even the regional people who just didn't make it past that from you know the midwest or the south or all these other places that don't necessarily get like the big media attention that say new york and la does they've got thousands of people recognizing their skills now something that they can show and that they can take or take away for it and they also work to give us all filming kits to make sure it wasn't a filming competition they taught us how to do this so they upskilled all these bartenders in the middle of a pandemic and gave them this wonderful platform to say, great, we are resilient. We have an opportunity to showcase our skills. And what I'm really hoping to do is be able to represent them and this community and the U.S. to the best of my ability at Madrid Nationals in uh, July. What's amazing about this is I'm actually more impressed with you than Jack beating cancer. I really am. That is is not true. (laughs) Let's be honest. He had a lot of help. It's probably easier to beat my kind of cancer than to win the championship. (laughs) Odds-wise, so it is more impressive. And not only that, you make a great drink, Let's let's judge him. Let's judge him. Let's let's, let's try here. I'll I'll start. I'll I'll start as a judge, and then Jack Maxwell will go next. So, Adam... What is this I'm having in? You're having the pineapple-infused <laughs> yes. Aperol margarita. I know what it is. I was testing you. It's part of the judging. All right, let me, in case you forget. Clever. Got to have... Yeah, all right, here we go. Let me try it. Oh. Mm. I find this drink ambrosial. It's redolent of a field of sunflowers on a sunny Sunday afternoon. I also noticed that it's mostly empty, which might explain the eloquence. <laughs> he likes sunflowers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like drank that well, thing immediately. I mean, we do have a, uh, a pepitas uh, orjat that we make in-house uh, as well, speaking of that. So, yeah, it's all one of those kinds of uh, ideas of really trying to play into uh, uh, the history of the spirit. So, now Jack is going to be probably a little rougher on you. Let's see. Yeah, let's Jack, see. how do you judge Adam's cocktail? Way to set me up for that one. <laughs> First of all, just looking at it, it looks just like slightly cloudy water with ice. <laughs> so you've clarified it mm-hmm. because every Paloma I've ever had, mostly I go from a scalp, yeah. ones, by the way, but this is excellent. Uh, it's really light, light and bright. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste like a heavy cocktail. Mm-hmm. And it, it's fresh, but you can't see anything. So it's deceptive. Yeah. It's wonderfully, refreshingly deceptive. Just looking at it and then drinking it, it's it's light, but it's full of flavor. So you accomplish both of those things. Well, I think. I mean, I'm no expert with that, but it tastes good. What do you so give them on a scale of 1 to 10? 47. Look at that. Take, <laughs> that's a go. winner. Well, listen, Adam Fournier, always been one of my favorite bartenders in L.A., and I, I hope that we don't lose you 
to the rest of the world somewhere. <laughs> you might go. They might, someone's going to come take them. They're going to take them away. Good luck in Madrid. Thank yeah. you so much. And uh, great luck with that. You're, I, I have a feeling. I'm just saying this. And I'm not just saying this because you're sitting here and I know you. <laughs> I have a feeling. I kind of had like a dream. I think you're going to win this thing. And we all have fever dreams. Yes. And well, I dream it, you about you. It. You know I dream about you. I know. We've had this conversation. And, and, uh, I dream about The restraining order is on its way. Maybe we should go to break. You can't <laughs> spell Madrid without Adam almost. I almost. Think oh, one, almost. I think there's one thing shit. missing. Yeah, there it is. That's why he was the host of Booze Travel. Yeah, it's that go. wit. It's that cleverness. Well, listen. Adam actually has to open the bar right now. So, <laughs> oh, okay. uh, great talking to you, man, and and great luck in, yep. in, in the competition. So and we love to have you back on again yeah, soon. Talk great. about the win. When yeah. you win, this is the first show you're going to do, right? Yeah, All you right. got it. no pressure. Cool. Thanks for having me on. It's All great right. to actually be here, not just be talked about on your show yes. for once. <laughs> there you go, Ed. Thank you, Thank Adam Fortier. Everybody, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Say a global pandemic or uncertainty about who will be named Alec Trebek's permanent replacement on Jeopardy? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. Start communicating in under 48 hours. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. As a special offer to my listeners, visit BetterHelp.com slash drinking. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash drinking. Get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. And damn it, so do I. Jack, by the way, I should yes. mention that, you know, why, why, you know, we're doing tequila. We got, we got Altos. We got Avion. Why we're doing that is because it's Cinco de Mayo week. This is uh, this show is dropping on the fourth of May. Tomorrow Cinco de Mayo, the big celebration. So that's that's kind of what we're doing. We're just celebrating here. I I knew there was some kind of connection. I know you love it. Um, Sure, made up holidays that no one else celebrates. Nobody else celebrates around the world. (laughs) Just the reason to drink. But that is why that is why we chose to do tequila today. And by the way, I got to just say this about what this show is going to sound like. I was so excited to to come out. That I chose a place that's right by the street too. So you, you guys at home, you're, you're hearing wherever you're listening right now, ladies and gentlemen, so, Venice Boulevard. I wanted to be. We're on Washington Boulevard. Oh, Washington. Yeah, I wanted to. Close. I wanted to hear the cars. Close. I wanted to hear people. What do I know? I wanted noise. So I apologize if the noises are bothering you. But hey, I think it gives it an authentic. Sorry, sound. not sorry. All right, let's let's kick off this here. Let's let's drink Avion Reserva. That's Spanish. Oh, nicely done. Reserva, forty four. This is a, again, this is a forty-four. Oh, it's my age. Not quite. All right. Uh, I'm older than you. Watch it. Whippersnapper. And so you're scared and thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore. Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's do this. Jack, I'm very excited to toast you with this. We got Salud. The, salud. Here Likewise. we go. Let's see. Here we go. Oh. oh, boy. Oh, boy. Wow. All right, that thing spends 43 months in oak barrels, then an additional month, that's where they get the 44, in specially selected petite barrels. You know what petite means? That's French. For small? For little. Little. The little people. And you say it like that, it's even smaller. Yeah. And then this is an extra Añejo tequila. We know the rules of tequila, right? We know uh, Blanco, Plata, Silver, whatever you want to call it, two months or less, but generally it never gets staged, right? Mm -hmm. Then Reposado... Two months to a year, rested. Añejo, I love how you're answering in Spanish, by the way. Añejo, over a year to three years, over three years, extra, extra Añejo. 
That's how you say it. You sound like an evil Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. So, I, what do you think of this one, man? I am I digging this. This is a sipping tequila, Oh, obviously. absolutely. You know, I think that's the thing. I was told when I was a kid, teenager coming up, just shoot tequila. It's so horrible and so sharp. Just shoot it to get it over with. And I said, that, that's how everybody got drunk. I mean, one tequila, two, you know, the whole, mm-hmm. and then hit the floor. For me, when, once I learned how to drink, my eyes opened, like the clouds lifted and the sun came out. No, you don't just shoot it. Enjoy it. It's made much better than you think it is for the most part, at least now. Oh, yeah. So I don't shoot anything. I mean, this is, you know, so... This is nice. Very oaky, but beautiful. Avion is from Jesus Maria, Mexico. Mm. That's the... uh, uh, single origin blue agave grown at one of the, at some of the highest elevations in Mexico. Again, this agave is in the ground for seven to ten years, and man, it's I, I just I'm getting getting a sort of melon flavor. You picking up a little bit of that as well? To me, right away, it's oak. You know, you can feel the oak that's sitting in the barrels. You're getting the wood, but then it's yeah. You know, to me, what little, about the vanilla? Little you vanilla, vanilla, little caramel. Is what yeah. I was going to say. Little vanilla, little caramel. As but I hey, what do I know? <laughs> as I mentioned, this is a hundred and seventy dollars. That's a that's a nice one. Thank you for sharing this. Fancy stuff. Your yeah, next guest going to get a nice one. Like this? So, Jack, I want to ask you, uh, yes, since we are celebrating Cinco de Mayo, you and I on the fourth of May, to, you know. But um, that's okay. Now that we're in the festive mood, see, you've, cancer's in the rearview mirror, kinda. It is. I had a one-year scan a couple of weeks ago. Thanks for asking, and I'm I'm clean for now. You're clean you know? with this kind of cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. It lives in the blood, so it could be a speck of blood behind my spleen. Then you're in trouble again. Who knows? That but it's so it. slow growing. They I, think, o- they I think often I'll dream about you as well. I don't only just dream about Adam. I dream about you, and in my dream, you're fine. Oh. Nothing wrong with you. Well, in real life, I am. Thanks for go. asking. Here's so, to that, my man. There we go. It's, to health. There we go. In a post-COVID world. That's right. Dude, I got to tell you, I'm so glad that the first show out, you're here. I'm and now the, now the big surprise, I called the police on you. Here they come. <laughs> finally, hi, yeah. Oh, man, you well, set me up. we're drinking with that, Don. threw me under the ambulance. No, the uh, cops, sucker. I'm I am glad. I, if, I couldn't think of a better person to have on the first, so show, the first show out in the wild. Um, what's next for you, man? What do you got? I, I know you're, 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 you're hustling. You're always hustling. You're, you're a South Boston guy. You got that work ethic. Right? You grew up. Poor, like me? Sure, yeah. No yeah. father. Lived, grew up in the D Street projects. Yeah, yeah. There were three sets of projects in South Boston this is or South By the way, this is when we start uh, we start comparing our sob stories from our childhood. All right, I got you beat. Go I, ahead. Know, I know we've done this before. Yeah, no, we did this before. Certainly no competition. Let's just say this. Jack and I because have both had sh- shitty... No, we lived in shitty neighborhoods. Not shitty. Here's the thing. I lived in a poor neighborhood, but I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade the lessons that I learned, the things, and I, you know, and maybe I, maybe I say that because I, there's no option to trade it. But I, I guess if somebody could say to me now, if you could go back and grow up on the main line and in, in, outside of Philly, or you could do, would you? Uh, no, of course not. Neither would I, because yeah. I survived it, and I know the person it made me. It, it, it steeled me against the cold. Right? It taught me lessons duplicity how to read people being on the street growing up that way i would not move back there and raise my kids there however but having gone through it i'm glad i did because like yourself you learn things you can't get in a book you you learn things you can't get uh, on park avenue on fancy neighborhoods well there's not for sure you know i think one of the benefits of growing up the way we did is that just interactions like social interactions and i really truly believe this has helped me as i've gotten older but like where i grew up there wasn't 
passive aggression. It was just aggression, just aggression, aggression, right? You know, so like you, I learned very early on about boundaries and I learned about consequences. Certainly, you know, like where you, you know, if I, you know, if you cross the wrong person, they weren't going to go, well, I'm going to think of some way to, <laughs> I'm going to think of some way to shame him or really, you know, no, they just punch you in the face, you know, and then you're Not like, Not everybody right. got a ribbon. Not everybody got a participation trophy. Oh. There, it had consequences. You win a game, you lose, you sit out. You don't cry, you don't go home, you don't say, I got cheated. You take your loss, you grow from it, you go from there. Whether it's a street hockey game, stickball, or a lesson in life. And as tough as that was, you just hit the nail on the head. The consequences were really crystal clear. You knew where you stood, and it didn't mean you have to be the toughest guy in the neighborhood, but if you're not, then you're wily. Then you lose your You develop your other skills. And Social that, skills. Jack, that was That's it, right. because I was, a, I was a smaller guy when I was, Me you know, too. I had a lot of big friends, but so my thing was, like, I developed some wit, and I developed this, and in fact, like, how it worked was, like, we'd go to a party, and my, my goon friends would be like, hey... Go start a fight with those guys, you know? And so you just go up and I'd say something clever. And when you say something clever to a Neanderthal, the reaction is they look and they go, all right, I don't understand what he's saying. I'll punch him, you know? So exactly. that was that was how that worked. The Cro-Magnons were much more developed and, than but what the was What was great about this, and I've, I've said this before, I think I've said it on this show, is that you're never more alive than when you get punched in the face, right? You know, like Fight Club, I completely got that because there's no question what's going on in that moment we've all have inter- have had interactions in the office or with people if you're on a date and you find yourself going what what are they really thinking like what what's the subtext of what they're saying you know what's when someone hits you in the face it's very clear the message they're sending the message they're sending is i i don't like you I don't like what it is you're saying. I would like to stop you from uh, enjoying your life in this moment, and I'm going to punch you in the face. I'd like to say something about that because you're right. I don't suggest that. I don't recommend it. I don't say it's good to do that because then big brutes with no brains would, would rule the world. However, there's a saying from the neighborhood, which I know you're familiar with, that I haven't heard since I was a little kid that so applies to so many people today. They would say, you know, you know what's wrong with him? Somebody needs to trauma beaten. Oh, yeah, trauma beaten. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to straighten them out because these days, not enough people have, and I don't mean take a beating, I mean have suffered the consequences of their actions. Too many people who do bad things get away with it. And that was the way the neighborhood regulated itself because that was the only choice. Not because they were all a bunch of idiots and that's all they could do, but that's what we had and we did what we could. Now, if you take those same people and so many of them were really good salt-of-the-earth people, just happened to be poor, that's all, but they were shit on by the world and looked down upon and said, uh, these are horrible people because they're poor, they live in the projects, they're no good, they're not smart. If you take them put them in another neighborhood, they would have learned to survive there. And that's what I admire about those people. I stay in touch with a lot of them to this day. By the way, we do not endorse violence here on uh, what we're drinking with Dan. I might, Jack and I might wrestle after this. Can get enough tequila in us? No, but I. It's not. Certainly, I don't want to be punched in the face. Like I don't. I, you know. It's. It, but I think certainly people of our generation. I think that's probably why we have an issue with you know what goes on now. You're like, oh, I've been triggered. Like this thing triggered me. You know, I, I, I saw, I don't want to get down it, but I saw something like, what's her, Demi Lovato posted this big rant about she, she went to a yogurt shop and it was, and it triggered her because she's had eating problems. And, and I'm, I'm not making fun of people that eat, but I guess it's to me. And I think 
you and, and certainly be, we didn't have that. If that is that a luxury to be triggered? It wasn't a thing. Like you couldn't go. The things that bothered you had to really be bothersome things, like legitimately, because nobody wanted to hear it. Otherwise. I think the pendulum swung too far back the other way back in the day. Children were seen, not heard. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> oh of course. Go outside well, when, we, when we grew up, like I, I grew up where like not only did you get hit, right? Like not only you didn't tell anybody. Hit, no, not only did your parents hit you. Other parents hit you. You remember oh, this? The, like they'd be like, "Oh, absolutely. like you'd be in the park," and they'd be like, "Aaron, my friend's mom would take her shoe off and hit you in the head." And you're like, "Can you imagine?" How about this? The nuns used to kick the shit out. Oh of me. my god! And I was a good kid. There were other kids who weren't. The nuns were repressed sexually, in my opinion. Of course. And they would they would reach out and smack you, and then say, "God knows what you're thinking." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" What does that mean? <laughs> what if I wasn't... Th- it was in the middle of a math test. What? He's thinking that I'm wrong on that? It's so wrong for them to do that. So one time, and I remember this crystal clear, I talked back to a nun because she said something so stupid. I said, what is it now? Bang, boom, crap, bang. And then held me up in his example, pulled the back of my shirt and say, this young man is going to hell. Thank you. No redemption after fifth grade, apparently. This, <laughs> this young man is going to hell because he spoke back to me and I'm close to God. I don't even like penguins today because they remind me of nuns. It was such a bad example. It scared me for so long to think someone else had the power over me and I had to go through them to get redemption. And I think when you don't, when, when you feel that, it's not right. Whether it's through the neighborhood or through nuns, you, you got to learn it yourself. And that's what you did so well. Coming through that tough neighborhood like you did and coming out to where you are now an accomplished writer and host and all these other things that's not easy you beat the odds so there's got to be something character wise inside you some thread of decency i i I give it credit to the nuns yeah man look you know the the shit that shapes you and 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 by the way if you if you're listening to the show and you grew up rich if you grew up on the main line i feel i still love you i'm sure you're a fine human being absolutely yeah just get out of my face Anyway, do you want to have another? Just don't make fun of me for being poor. Wasn't my choice. Should we try? We, got yes, the, we yes. already had the altos. We got the avion. Let's try saying it again. How do you say that? Avion. 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 Avion Reserva Forty Four. Altos. Reserva Forty Four. Altos Plata. Altos Plata. All right, we got this. Hundred percent agave. Two plata Irish. Tequila. Two Irish Catholic guys from the from the Northeast. Trying out, <laughs> but I, I, I speak uh, un poquito, poquito español, yeah. oh, poquito. Oh, bueno, en la escuela, sí, si. ah, sí, si. bueno, bueno. I just say sí si all the time. Yeah, I don't. My, I can, ¿Dónde está el baño? Tú eres muy inteligente. Hey, ah, easy sí. there. Do you speak Spanish? No, así así. No, my, mi, mi español es muy uh, muy mal. Sí sí. Well, Jack, impressive. All right, so we covered everything. Mm-hmm. I, I apologize to everybody out there that's listening and going, this thing's all over the fucking place. But you know what? Wait. We're in the wild. We're back out, man. First time out for you We're live out. in 14 months, like, which is this, full of this is joy. My, this has been my life this doing stick. this show. I sit there. I, I go, whoever the guest is, with Jack or, you know, we've had tons of, get, you know, tons of great guests on the show. Yes, but you what have. what I do is I, I go into my little studio at home and I, I probably have smoked a little weed before I go. I'm in my, if I'm wearing pants, that's something. It's definitely sweatpants. I will confirm he is wearing pants today. If I was at home, though, I'd be either wearing sweatpants or I'm wearing, like, boxer briefs. And I'll probably have a nice shirt on so, you know, the guest doesn't know. But As it should be. But then we just, we just do Zoom. Right. And here's the thing. Even though we all probably hate Zoom at this point, the beauty of Zoom is, like, it's easy to edit. There's no 
sounds, everything's there, but the energy's just not there. You know what it is? It's such a love-hate relationship. Zoom able us to get in touch with each other. Yeah. Although it was cold, distant, bluish, distant. But at the same time, I'm so happy to be able to see, to feel their energy, to get the three-dimensional, to someone's uh, smell, their sight, their feel, to hug them again, because without that, we're lost. I mean, if, if you, you told me the rest of my life, I could live in the, on a big island, billion dollars worth of whatever I wanted, every material good on earth, but you have to be on that island by yourself. I wouldn't do it. It's just, uh, especially doing the show, and all the people I got to meet, just like you, you meet thousands, you have thousands of friends, I'm sure, for all your experiences. That, to me, is everything. And I, going into COVID at the time, nobody knew what was going to happen. But that experience, for me, helped me realize how much I love people and how much I miss them. And being here with you on your first show back live is really an honor. Here's to you, my brother. I Cheers. love you too, man. There Cheers. we go. Look at this. We're, we're, we're knocking it back. And we're not even drunk. Not I, even drunk. I said that from the heart, Cinco not from de, the bottle. Cinco de Mayo... That's right. Mañana. Anybody, anybody that's going out to celebrate, uh, you know, celebrate. Be careful out there. We're not out out of the woods yet. Be careful out there. Mask it up. Do what you got to do. We're unless you're vaccinated, like us. We're fully vaccinated. Yes, we are. Um, I don't know. I don't think I got anything more. I think I'm ready to eat some more tacos and, and nachos. By the way, we we spared you, folks, because I was gonna. I wanted nachos, and Jack talked me out of it. He's like. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear you chomping on nachos during the show. Or maybe they do, but my guess was soft tacos, nicer show. What if we just did a little interlude? Hey, guys, uh, just listen in for a second while Jack and I eat nachos. You know something? I'm going to say, as many fans as you have, Mr. Dunn, I bet for many of the people who love you, you can do no wrong. Nachos would be like ASMR to them. That's it. (laughs) You could eat nachos. Here we go. Oh, that's Dan eating those nachos. So good, isn't that tasty? You should, you, you should put that on tape. You make a book on tape, make I wanna, a million. I want to do a whole episode like this, crunching nachos. Hi, Jack. Jack, are you enjoying your tequila? What we're crunching. <laughs> That's a spinoff show. What we're crunching with Dan Dunn. That's yes. It. All right, all right, my man. By the way, my producer is looking over at me, going, "All right, it's time to cut this thing off." Now, you've now journeyed into. The realm of shit nobody wants to hear. Um, listen, Jack Maxwell, uh, again, thank you, man, for being the first guest on the, what I hope is, you know, this is it. I hope we're back out. Yeah. Thank you for having me, and welcome back. Thanks, Ben. And uh, on the Instagram, at Jack Maxwell? It's actually Southie, my neighborhood. That's right. At Southie Jack for Instagram and Twitter. Reach out, say hi, I'll say back, especially if you're a friend of Dan's. That's right. Tell him you know me. And uh, I want to thank Adam Fournier for joining us, the great Adam Fournier, who will, who will be winning. He will be winning that world-class competition and rep- for the U.S. Let's go. U.S.A. U.S.A. There we yeah, go. He, he He's looking at me going, get this. Get, get out of here. <laughs> uh, and, you know, go out, pick out your Altos, Almeco Altos Plata tequila. Only $29 at Reserve Bar. You can get the Avion Reserve of 44 it's $169 at Reserve Bar. Good but, stuff. Uh, both of them. I like them both. Good as stuff. I tell people all the time, you're worth it. Good stuff. Thank you.